and welcome to Engaged in Rec. Karina here, your host. And today I have a very special guest because it is my very first nonprofit organization that I am interviewing. Today I have Mari Vepsalainen, who is the program coordinator for the Alzheimer's Society of Kingston, Lennox, and Addington. Welcome, Mari. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself, how you came to work at the Alzheimer's Society? What brought you to where you are now? Sure, absolutely. Um, I have been programming for seniors since I was 21. Um, and I'm 50 this year. So it's been a really <laughs> long time. I've been in uh, retirement sector. I've been in long-term care. Um, previous to coming to the Alzheimer's Society, I was at the Waterford Retirement Residence, which is a uh, retirement residence here in Kingston. And um, it was just time for a change. And we did have a memory care unit at the Waterford. Um, I actually had the job of opening that up when we built wow. phase two. And so my heart was always really pulled my heartstrings were really pulled for the families and for the residents who um, were in the memory care unit and also others who were requiring a little bit more assistance um, and some specialized programming so i have always had a, a soft spot for seniors period um, and actually got into working in gerontology because my i come from finland which is why i have that long hard last name um, <laughs> And I never knew my grandparents. So it's because of that void in my life that I decided to dedicate my life's work to working with seniors. So when I made the shift to um, the Alzheimer's Society, it was quite an easy shift because I had known Vicki Poffey, the executive director from my work at previous, um, previously at the Waterford. And then also I um, worked at Fairmount Home for a while too. So um, I was happy to, to make the shift and come into the nonprofit. And um, it's been three years now. Wow, that's amazing. Can you tell me a little bit about the Alzheimer's Society as a whole? So for people that don't know anything, imagine somebody has no idea what the Alzheimer's Society is. Uh, what type of support programs, what type of services do you have available or that you offer um, that people would be able to partake in? Sure. So the Alzheimer's Society of Kingston, Lennox and Addington, we have an office in Napanee. Um, we also have an office in um, Charbot Lake and ah, I'm not remembering the Charbot Lake in North. Oh, it, Northbrook. Yes, I got it. Um, so we, we have um, two satellite offices and then, of course, the Kingston office. What our role is in the community is to support and educate. Um, we support and educate um, caregivers, care partners, um, and also the person who is on the dementia journey. Uh, we educate. We have um, a wonderful team here at the society. Um, we really are a resource. Um, and also, we do a lot of education for the community at large. So. Um, we offer training and dementia education for care partners and for um, businesses, for uh, different community partners that want education uh, about dementia. Um, so that's 
what we offer. We also do, um, we do a lot of outreach into the community and uh, we really, really what we want to do is we want to encourage people to live their best life and we focus on what we have and not not what we have lost. So my okay. particular role as program coordinator is to really do that. Um, I get the opportunity to to be one-on-one, which of course with COVID has changed, which we'll talk about in a minute, I think. Yeah. Um, I have the opportunity to to work with, with the people with a diagnosis and it has been an amazing um, privilege to, to do that. So with our programming, so some of the programming that we've had prior to COVID is we would do, um, we would have uh, support groups for the person with dementia, and we would also have support groups for the caregivers. Um, so with the programs that we would run in our offices, we would do everything from um, art therapy programs to outings, uh, bus trips, um, getting into the community, because one of the important things is to is to keep things, um, keep as much normalcy and, and, and having encouraging people to be in a part of the community, a vital part of their community. And that's basically been kind of my mandate as program coordinator. So we actually had the opportunity of going into um, other communities, like uh, we have had a very good working relationship with the Waterford. So a lot of our programs we offered there. So we would do our men's peer group there. We would also do um, a monthly movie, which was a matinee movie and our clients and their caregivers and also residents could come have a lunch and watch a movie. So any of our programming is specialized um, for people with dementia so we would um, carefully pick the movie options Mm -hmm. Uh, and some of our other programs and things that we also did was we would do dinner dances every couple months um, at the legion and again it's offering a safe environment because for people who are on a dementia journey there are some anxieties of um you know socialization and that type of a thing so when you create when you create an environment where everybody around you is also on a journey you take that you remove that piece that can have um kind of that piece of anxiety of oh if i'm gonna say the wrong thing so what we do is we really create safe places for people to to be safe places for them to enjoy um activities of living and things that they're interested in. I really love the uh, the dancing idea. Did you say dinner and dance? Yeah. So what we would do is we would work with the caterers and they would come up with a menu um, and we would have a lovely, and I would pull some of the um, clients who would like to help me set up. So we would go, we would meet. And again, for me, a very big thing is focusing on what people have and not what they have not. So I'm I'm able to kind of focus on what um, people are interested in doing and bringing them in uh, as much as possible to, to help to, um, you know, like setting up for the dinner dance, for example. There were quite a few volunteers that would like to come um, and then when they, when we unveiled the 
the event to them that night. Uh, everybody would be arriving to this beautifully decorated uh, room, smelling the gorgeous food that's cooking. Um, they would just have a sense of pride that, you know what, we did this. Like, uh, I helped to decorate this and create this beautiful environment. Now, the Absolutely. other thing I the other thing I wanted to talk about, too, really quickly is um, one of the programs that I did as well before COVID was we had a an art program where I would work with every client would create a piece of art. And it was the um, poor painting. Those poor paintings would then be put on our wall. I would take pictures of those poor paintings. And from those poor painting pictures, we were able to with our auxiliary group, which was an active group of our clients that enjoy art and enjoy working with their hands, we would then um, take those pieces of artwork and we created something called the Alzheimer's Boutique. So we would make out of those paintings that our clients did, we would make cards and necklaces and coasters. And we're looking at printing some bags and things. So at Christmas time, the first Christmas we had the boutique, oh my goodness, the orders were just going out of this world because family members were ordering necklaces and cards and and coasters for their family to give as gifts because it was a, a piece of their loved one because they had yeah. created this artwork. Um, and so that was such a neat program because people would come in and say, I'm not creative at all. But when you're able to kind of remove that, that fear of, okay, well, you know what? So you break down the process. And uh, anyway, so we've been enjoying that. Uh, we haven't been able to do that since COVID happened. So we've had to switch things up quite a bit. <laughs> I love the idea of poor painting because, and I think I've talked about this on another one of my episodes is um, having error free programming, you know, like the type of programming that they can come into and they are able to succeed no matter what throughout the process. Um, yeah. And because it's about the journey, not the end result. Right, Karina? And with poor painting, every end result is beautiful. Absolutely. And I know, like, I've gone to those paint nights before, and I'm not really an artist at all, but I've really enjoyed doing it. And the mm -hmm. result is it comes out and it looks great, even though I'm not really an artist, you know, but it was error free for me as well as a person. So mm -hmm. for somebody that has dementia, giving them the opportunities to succeed is so important i find giving them the opportunity to be included in their community like how you were talking about setting up for the dinner and dances yeah. keep mm -hmm. keeping them members of their own community is so yeah. wonderful and giving them yeah. senses of purpose and meaning in their life and just continuing on a hundred percent and now with this new model of us not being able to meet in our office and needing to meet in other locations again that plugs them into that's footprint into the community and that's mm -hmm. them feel like they're a part of a bigger picture because one of the things that happens is when you are on a dementia journey is your walls tend to close in on you right and the world is shrinking so when we expand those borders and also um you know make these amazing community contacts and um help people to feel like they've got their finger on the pulse right it's it's just yes. a really simple thing but it's so beneficial and it's amazing to me with our time even at and i'm mentioning the waterford quite a few times because that's one of our major homes that we have spent time in and we're looking at expanding our options and going into different places of course but um 
having the um, residents engage with our clients is just beautiful. And there were some friendships that were that struck up. And so it just warms my heart to, to see that happening. And um, it's such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I know I've worked in long-term care in the past. And so by the time that um, the residents would come to long-term care, sometime on their dementia journey, um, it is a little bit further on. Do you have any programs or resources for people that are in the early stages of Alzheimer's and dementia? So we we do, we really do. Um, a lot of our programming is adapted to. Okay. So um, we have, so we have, okay. Are we talking COVID programming or pre-COVID? Uh, let's talk <laughs> pre-COVID first. Okay. So, so pre-COVID, we did have something that was called Yaya. So it was a young, um, it was young, uh, early onset group. So we would actually meet monthly uh, at a pub. And um, that was for people who were on the beginning of a journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's from the programming piece, from the rec piece. So that was really one of the big things that we offered. But then we also offered outings and leisure activities and trips and um, trips to the bowling alley and things like that. So um, those were some of the things that we offered. Um and then, of course, that has all changed. And all, our dinner dances were also something that people who are on a, a, a journey early or mid or later, depending mm-hmm. on the support that they have. So a lot of our programming um, is kind of... For all way, stages. It's, it's for all stages. And, um, you know, I had people in my art therapy program that were early. I had people that were early onset people that were in the middle stages and some people that were nearing, you know, a little bit further on. Um, And we keep people coming as long as they can and as long as it's meaningful for them. And then once, you know, they transition then to another area um, of programming and different needs uh, come up, but we try to keep people into the, in the programming as long as we can and modify it um, for sure. Because of my my history and my experience in long-term care, um, it's, it's interesting because I can have a group that's diverse where there are different mm-hmm. needs. And it's just a matter of kind of, it's being able to kind of balance a lot of balls in the air at once. You become very multitask oriented when you're in um, rec. So <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. And I think that's what's so great about the Alzheimer's Society is that it's so inclusive. Like, you, as you were just saying, it can be early stages, it can be throughout the entire journey of Alzheimer's and dementia, but it also includes the caregiver, too. So, oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so can yeah. you tell me a little bit about the programs available that are offered to caregivers? So we have um, caregiver support groups right now everything is online so we have caregiver cafe which is uh, a group that happens every tuesday afternoon at 1 30. we also have um, caregiving in the facility which is once a month on the first wednesday of the month at 10 a.m and that's for people who um, have a loved one who is in long-term care We also have a men's caregiver group that is facilitated by volunteers that work with us. And that happens online as well currently. And it's the third Thursday of the month. 
And we also have some programs. We have Minds in Motion, which is a rec program, but Minds in Motion is a program that is for both. So right now we're offering it in conjunction with um, the program coordinator in Sarnia. Her name's Vanessa. She's awesome. With the uh, COVID environment, um, I had to change all the programming. And so I actually hooked up with Vanessa. And so we do a lot of shared programming. So the Minds in Motion program is an exercise program that offers exercise for the caregiver and for their loved ones. So they can tune in and both get a workout. Wonderful. Yeah. And being Minds in Motion, um, it is an exercise-based program. And then there is a focus on the cognitive piece as well. So I, I facilitate the cognitive piece and uh, Vanessa facilitates the exercise. So I love that. Is it a seated class or a standing class or a combination? So it is a combination. It is um, both. So depending on your ability, um, it is modified for either. So you can do the, the standing up exercises or if you're needed to be needing to be seated, then um, it's easily done seated as well with some modifications that are um, demonstrated. Again, totally inclusive. I love yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you believe would be the most challenging part for a caregiver throughout this throughout COVID? Let's sorry, let me repeat that question. What do you believe was the most challenging aspect of COVID for caregivers? I believe the lockdown and I believe not having respite. Mm -hmm. I believe, um, I, you know, this, this whole situation um, took everybody by surprise and having a change in routine, um, routine changes are, are hard for anybody, but especially if you um, are a caregiver and, you know, you have kind of worked your schedule around when your loved one is at programs because, you know, that's the day you go do your grocery shopping or that's the day that you go and run your errands. Um, so not having that respite, um, I mean, some people were able to get support into their homes, but it did take more than a minute to be able For to sure. do all of that. Um with the social agencies that support people who require care in their homes. So I think it's been, it's been a really tough go for, for the caregivers and, and for us as a society, for me, particularly as a program coordinator at first, when I was faced with the, um, with having to take everything that is done in person and translate it into the virtual world, I personally, um, didn't know how I was going to do it. <laughs> uh -huh. Like, I don't know if you also felt that way, but it's just yeah. when you're all about meeting people, when you're all about the in-person and especially uh, my clients who are on it, they depend on that, you know, and touching and that hug and that, oh my goodness, it's so good to see you. And, 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 and for the caregivers too, you know, sometimes that them bringing their loved one to a program was such a wonderful opportunity for both of them and to get socialization. So not being able to do that um, in person was, was a huge challenge for everybody. Um, and also with some of the clients, you know, in that type of isolation, we, we see that um, 
changes can happen and progression can speed up. So mm-hmm. that, that big was time. Yeah, big time. And so for me, my mandate was okay, let's let's just do the best that we can to try to ensure that we have engaging opportunities. And so um I've been really really um, spoiled to have this amazing, uh, because, you know, it's all about working smarter, not harder. And so yeah. when I had the revelation of collaborating with another chapter, I mean, that was just brilliant. So us collaborating together um, allowed us to offer different programming. And so our calendar ended up being full. So we, we offer, so we offer um, like a music program that, that we Kingston host. So I have the entertainers that are booked for that. And so then her group would, would join in and it's really a provincial program. So we've had people, actually, we've had people all the way from Florida joining us on our musical program. So it's amazing. uh, Yeah, it's quite amazing. And then um, she would offer armchair chair travel. And then sometimes I would do special topics, um, and special presentations and so we we just really worked together to to offer a a a really solid calendar that would allow you know caregivers to pull the program up on the computer and click on and um and it was a lovely way to engage um and give them a little bit of a break. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so that's kind of how COVID has affected the programming. We've, we've been able to, to offer quite a bit, um, even in this environment. And so now we are back at the drawing board and planning for in-person, hopefully to be unveiled in, uh, the end of September, October kind of. Woohoo! So exciting. Yeah. It is exciting. How did your clients uh, feel about the change switching from in-person over to virtual? Did they have a hard time learning how to do that? Or was that something that came easily? I mean, I taught a lot of people how to use Zoom, but I had to teach those people over and over and over again. Um, But it finally worked out. (laughs) Well, we, yes, yeah, absolutely. And as you know, um, Karina, learning anything new is, is, is a bit of a challenge. And then you add on kind of the, the the stress of why it is that we're having to learn mm-hmm. this and, and um so i found that our our caregivers were amazing um awesome amazing at at committing that time to to you know sitting their loved one down and getting them set up and ready and and um i i have been quite amazed at how well we have done during this pandemic. Like I, I have a men's peer group and we get together every Tuesday morning. And one of the conversations was one of our clients one day just really shared how this group and, and having the online programming has just really meant so much to him and meant night and day. And so when you have conversations like that and you hear, because sometimes you wonder, oh, am I making a difference? Is it really working? Is it? Yes. It's, it's so different. It's not like the in-person. So um, so we've actually had a, a wonderful run, I think. And, um, you know, we've done a lot of traveling, which which is 
So the good thing about COVID is that with our concerts and with our armchair travel and all of that and our movies, we are able to have people join us from wherever. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing in person, and our numbers can be up to 100, right? Depending on yeah. the platform that you're using. But in person, you are limited with resources and space and that type of thing. So in a way, it's been really neat because with working with um, a sister society, some of our clients have become friends with people that don't live anywhere close to here, but they see their face every week and they know each other. And oh my gosh, it's been just amazing. Amazing. Do you think do you think that you'll end up doing a hybrid kind of model, like doing some virtual still and some um, in person? Or do you think you'll go strictly back to only in person? What's your plan? Hybrid. For hybrid. sure. Hybrid. Yeah. Because yeah. there is there is such a there is such a need and sometimes people um, things will change that they're not able to um, leave their home or sometimes something will happen where they're not able to come out um, to attend a program. So having the online and also, like I said, people have made relationships with people that live in another part of the province. So Mm -hmm. it would be to me, it's wonderful that we're able to keep that piece. So we're hoping to keep the Thursday um, musical memories program at two. And that's one of the ones that we're going to keep. And then we will see about some of the other ones. Um, we are looking at doing a in-person Minds in Motion program um, at in the community, which we're just um, solidifying our partner um, agency with that piece. And um, so lots of things to... Lots yeah, of absolutely. I also feel, I feel like the... Um, the virtual programming. I mean, there's some people that don't want to come out to actual in-person programming, but feel more comfortable being at home and participating Mm -hmm. that way. Right. So like I've noticed um, throughout the past year and a half that I've had participants that probably wouldn't have participated otherwise, but will because they are in their own space with their own devices mm-hmm. and have learned how to do that. Did you find that as well, that you did get some extra participants? 100%. 100%. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And um, yeah, so that has been an interesting part of the journey as you see people who, and we've had some new people join us and we've had some people that were with us before that things have changed and they're no longer. Mm-hmm. So it's just very fluid. And um, yeah. I love that so much. That's great. I just, I've been in contact with a lot of people from the Alzheimer's Society of Kingston, Lennox and Addington, and everybody is just so wonderful. Everybody cares so much. They really focus on what is the most important beneficial thing for the person that they're communicating with. And I love that. It's just heartwarming. So thank so you for that. Ah, that is so sweet. Well, you know what, we're all in this together and um, for sure. we just love collaborations. We love partnerships and we, we love to educate people. So um, can I just tell you about one thing I'm very excited about? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to hear it all. Okay, so we actually have a collaboration that is amazing. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it uh, with the Kingston Frontenac Public Library. No, I have not. 
my word. So we have um, worked in conjunction with them and we have unveiled something called the Reminiscing Kits program. Oh. Um, yeah, so it was funded through a community investment fund grant from the United Way in the city of Kingston. So what we did is we put together, I believe we have 50 kits, yeah, 50 reminiscing kits. And the kits are filled with curated materials and activities, um, including like a how-to resource guide for caregivers working um, with us, the society. So what we do is we, we put together um, a package that is in a tote. So the totes have the reminiscing kits in them and the reminiscing kits are themed. And so people can sign them out from the library. Um, this is so cool. Yeah, yeah. And so we we launched two Mondays ago, and uh, I believe we're up to 80%. The kids are 80% signed out already. And wow. the kids, are, yeah, the kids are signed out for, for eight uh, weeks, I do believe. And um, so they are, yeah, so they're amazing. So this is a new a new initiative that has just gotten off the ground and um, we're super excited about it. Oh, I'll definitely have to check that out. That sounds mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Love and it. Reminiscing is so important, isn't it, Karina? Oh, so much. Yeah. Including all of these scents and sounds and touch, you know, all of the senses. Um, yeah. It can bring back so much. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. People may not remember what they had for lunch, but they will remember how they felt as a child or an adult or, you know, so yes. I love and it. And I do too. And I, I, um, one of the things I miss in, in person is we would always have as part of our programming, we would always have a food component. And so people I always, love food. Yes. <laughs> And I always love to switch it up. And so it was always so neat at tea time or coffee time, depending on the group, of course, um, the, the comments around, because I would always try to switch it up and bring in things like, um, you know, tea sandwiches one time or different things. And so around food, oh, and then we would do Sundays and have ice cream cones. And so it was just so neat that that simple thing of, of, of the food uh, would really just spark conversations and um and remembering and that that you know that sense of taste and just oh my goodness this tastes like how my my mom used to make or and then a story would come from that and anyway it's just so neat mm -hmm. i know it's interesting how like a small thing like a, a smell of something can bring back so much or like mm -hmm. you hear a tune and it reminds you of your wedding day you know it's just bringing those experiences back. And I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of listeners that are from across Ontario, across Canada, but I also have some that are over in like Australia and all over in the States and everything. What are the resources or programs? Where should people go to look for support for Alzheimer's? Well, most, most regions would have a chapter a local chapter or if they don't have a local chapter depending on where they are they would there would usually be a chapter that is available kind of in their catchment area right okay um so basically a google search of alzheimer society in my area would would basically bring you to 
the nearest chapter or in some cases i'm not sure about australia but i know in the uk they have a very strong um they have they yeah they have an amazing amazing programs there so it depends on each each country um and where they're at with with programming but um and now the beautiful thing also about the um being online is that you can participate in programming that isn't anywhere close to you. So, mm-hmm. so with with um, the online digital world opening up, let's say if somebody's in an area where there isn't really a local chapter, um, there are so many resources online that you can um, participate in uh, for education. Um, you know, somebody has somebody that's newly diagnosed. Basically, there's a lot of online resources with many of the associations on their website. So you can get a lot of the um, initial information that you need from from them. Perfect. And I know a lot of the um, the funding is through some fundraisers that you do have. Can you tell me a little bit about um, the fundraisers that you have offered in the past and maybe something that you're doing now or working on for the future? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So our fundraising coordinator is Leslie Kimball, and she's been very, very busily accommodating the um, not in-person stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so during, you know, COVID, I mean, we had something that was initially called Coffee Break. Um mm-hmm. And so we've been, that's one of our biggest uh, fundraisers, Um that we have done annually. So last year we did it and it was called Social with a Purpose. Um, so that there's been a little bit of mark, remarketing and rebranding uh, within some of the fundraising initiatives. So um, what was formerly known as Coffee Break used to be where anybody could sign up to do a coffee break and they get a kit and you could um, do a fundraiser and in person and, and make it fun and depending on what you want to do. So then what we had to do is when we um, found ourselves in this isolated uh, situation, um, it became social with a purpose. So the same thing was encouraged. People were encouraged to try to do something different. So some people, um, some families took this on as, you know, uh, trampoline the kids would be on the trampoline and they would um, log how many jumps and people really <laughs> creative with, with how um, to fundraise. So uh, people would still have teams because in the, in the past we would have uh, people that would sign up teams to walk together um, either families or families and friends, um, you know, maybe a memorial uh, in memory of somebody who had passed. And, and so with it becoming kind of a virtual thing, um, the same thing was was encouraged. So people would uh, be encouraged to think outside the box. And actually, our fundraising endeavors were really good. Um, we we did really well, um, even in this um, COVID environment. Um, so we do have a uh, social with the purpose. Um, the it's from September to January, so it's like a coffee break. It's um, coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. And we actually have, um, so our coffee break, so it's really called Social with a Purpose, but it's our, our coffee break kickoff day is September 24th. Um, okay. And so uh, we traditionally celebrate 
World Alzheimer's Day on September 21st in conjunction with the McDonald's Coffee Break Day. So the kickoff event for our fall fundraiser is on September 24th and McDonald's will donate 50 cents of every coffee sold to the Alzheimer's Society. Wonderful. As, yeah. Uh, and and our volunteers are going to be able to go back in through the drive-thrus this year. But, oh, good. Yeah. So so what we would do is we would have staff and volunteers go to all the different locations and um, we could uh, collect um, donations that way. And um, we weren't able to do that, of course, last year. But um, mm -hmm. this year, following the COVID guidelines, we were able to do that. Oh, that's wonderful. And we have more more fundraising opportunities we also have the catch the ace so catch the ace is a platform that a lot of organizations use i know that sick kids has catch the ace and i think um, the cancer society also runs that so we now have that as well as the Alzheimer's Society and it's really a game of chance so um, you log on and you purchase x amount of tickets for x amount of dollars and then there is a weekly draw okay that sounds good perfect yeah I love that lots of different opportunities to fundraise and I'm yeah. sure people in the community can help out. There are, and I have another one. Oh, I want to hear them all. So Foodland in Amherst View is donating 10% of proceeds from the sale of charcoal and propane tank exchanges through the month of oh. August. Yeah, to us, the Alzheimer's Society, um, and it's through a program that they have called the Community Kickback Program. So Foodland and Amherst View is donating 10% of their proceeds from sales of charcoal and propane tank exchanges. Isn't that awesome? Love that. And I've already gone through two this summer. So, I mean. Fabulous. Well, <laughs> I love Foodland in, in Amherst View. I mean, it's, it's a great place. When we were starting with this um, COVID, they were... They did such a great job of changing kind of how their store operated to enable people to go. I was just fascinated by what they did. They did such a great job. Shout out to Foodland and Amherstview. Shout out to Foodland. <laughs> I have great. more, Karina. Okay. We have a 12th annual Alzheimer's Memorial Golf Tournament Wednesday, September 1st. Loyalist right. Golf and Country Club. So, yes, there are a lot of... Um, fundraising opportunities that we have for folks to, you know, participate in and everything, our newsletter and our calendar, activity calendar, they're all online um, and people can check them out. And I believe I got a note this morning that all of our newsletters have been updated onto the uh, website. So if people want to check us out, they can. Perfect. And just to throw it in there for your virtual programming, um, something that I really love is that they're so easy to use on your calendars. Like you just go in there, you actually click right on the um, program that's right on the calendar and it takes you to where you need to be. So anybody right. that's listening, easy, yeah, it's easy. so easy. <laughs> I know yeah. it took me a while to get the calendar to that place because we weren't there in the beginning because it was all like, ah, how do we do this? But um, now it's very user-friendly. Um, that's right. You just kind of right click on it and it takes you right into the Zoom. 
Yeah, well, I love that you don't have to put in any codes or anything like that. Like some people get the codes all mixed up and then it's a mess. So it's so easy just to hop right in there. It is. And, and that's what we want to make it easy. We want to make it easy and accessible for people to participate in programming. And yeah. And also, um, if people have have any questions about any um of our activities and programs and supports and fundraising. We love getting phone calls or emails. And um, again, all the contact information for the staff is on the front cover of the newsletter, which is posted on the website. We, we, love, um, we love to chat with folks and answer any questions and, you know. Oh, Perfect. I forgot, Karina, we've got another thing coming up. <laughs> okay. So we also have a, um, a grant that we were given for technology, which we're going to be talking about in the next newsletter. So I'm not going to give everything away, but we've been given a technology grant and um, kind of every department put together a wish list of items that that we are going to be offering. So what we've done is we've used the grant money to be able to get some items into our um, lending library. And so people can try on things. And again, we will be unveiling the complete list in our next newsletter of the items that are available. But I can speak to one, two of the items that I put on the wish list. So we have the mechanical robotic kitty cats oh i've heard great things and puppy dogs so we have uh one puppy dog and two cats so far and i think we're waiting on a third cat so our purpose of having them is people can sign them out and try them on for size with their loved ones so if you have somebody who is in, in long-term care for example and you um they used to have a cat at home but maybe they're in a facility where they they don't allow uh, real pets or um so what people can do is they can initially you know contact us and sign one out and try it on for size uh before making a purchase so so that's kind of one of the things that we're um unveiling because we have our first in-person program that is a family picnic that is going to be happening in September on Friday the 17th. And we will be unveiling the um, animals at that um, picnic and um, giving an opportunity for folks to name the cats and the dogs. So it's kind of fun. That's so cool. I've heard such great things about the mechanical cats and dogs, as well as um, some doll therapy as well. Um, so it's nice that you're giving people the opportunity to try it before they actually purchase, because I know that those mechanical cats and dogs can be quite expensive sometimes. So it's yes. nice to try it before they invest into that. Absolutely. And that was one of our thoughts behind it is, you know, let's give people an opportunity to try it out. Um, and then we have other, other items that will be coming in. And again, the full and complete list will be in our next newsletter. All right. So if people want to get on that newsletter list, or get in touch with your Alzheimer's Society. What's your website? How do they do that? So it is www.alzheimers.ca slash KFLA. Perfect. So if everybody heard that, www.al... Oh, you're going to have to repeat it, Mark. A-E-I-M-E-R dot C-A backslash K-F-L-N-A or Google 
Google Alzheimer Society Kingston. Perfect. That's the easier way to do it there. I would Perfect. Say so. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mari, the program coordinator of the Alzheimer's Society, Kingston, Lennox and Addington. Thank you again for coming on to Engage Gen Rec. It has been lovely speaking with you all about the Alzheimer's Society and the amazing work that you are all doing there. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you, Karina, for having me on this program today. And it's been my pleasure um, being a part of it. So thank you for all that you're doing. Absolutely. It's nice to talk to other rec therapists and activity professionals and just see what they're up to and help share the word of awesome things that are going well, on with our seniors. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're all in this together. For sure. It takes a village. It does. Thanks so much, Karina. Have a beautiful day.